Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everybody. I am just jumping in before today's episode. I am having an amazing conversation with Mr. Peter Welsh himself and it became such an incredible conversation and we just kept on chatting. And so what I've done is actually split this episode into two. So today you're going to hear part one and then next Monday we'll be dropping part two. So enjoy and make sure that you come back next week for the second half. Hello and welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. I'm your host, Amy Ravel, and this week I'm with a very special guest. I've got Peter Walsh with me. Hello, Peter. Hi. Great to be here. We've, again. Again. Mm-hmm. It is very Still, lovely to have you. You haven't again? left. You haven't no. left. Because last time you were in lockdown, do you remember? You were in some quarantine facility and going a little bit stir crazy. I was in a hotel in <laughs> Sydney in lockdown. I do remember. Yeah, I and you were I... putting post-it notes on the window and communicating God, with people, is much, that right? You have a much better memory than I do. It's just come yes, to me. I know, I know. It was, <laughs> you know, to be honest, I was in lockdown for two weeks in Sydney and I kind of enjoyed every minute of it. Really? I know that's weird. Yeah, I, I really like isolation. I like being by myself. I like a bit of time just to yeah. collect myself. And, um, yeah, I, I I didn't turn on a TV. I didn't listen to a radio. You didn't two, even turn the TV on? Not for two weeks. Peter, did you have books? Is that, yeah, was that what I you were read, doing? Yeah, I read. I wrote a lot and yeah. I just, I, I really like, hmm. I, I guess I live a pretty crazy busy life yeah. and so the ability to just withdraw and spend a bit of kind of contemplative yeah. time, I really, really enjoy that. Hmm. Um, and so I, I kind of liked it. And it's kind of the tilt. I guess you kind of tilt into busy and then when you can tilt into solitude, you really tilt it into solitude. I love solitude. it. Yeah, I know. And it drives a lot of people. Well, it surprises a lot of people, yeah. I think. But, uh, yeah, I like it. That's really nice. So, yeah, I'd, I'd actually forgotten that. But, yeah, I was putting silly post-it notes you up were. on the window. I think you were only a couple of days in when we spoke to you. but um, I came out relatively unscathed. Came out all right. Well, you were the, doing a big exercise routine. I remember that. I do. I did I did a lot of a lot of exercise. Yeah. The funny thing was, and I still laugh about it, my partner and I both had to um, go into quarantine 
and we decided to fly out from the States on two separate flights because the joke was yeah. that if we both went into a hotel room with no windows for two weeks, we'd both go in fine but only one of us would come out alive. <laughs> one would come out alive. alive. Exactly. <laughs> Had nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> no, nothing to do with COVID. Wise choice. That's another story. Anyway, I think yeah. we should – let's move on from this rabbit hole or else <laughs> – We no, could, we could nothing, rabbit hole nothing good, nothing good will come of this conversation. Anyway. So you're in Australia this time. You're recording season four. You've just wrapped, haven't you? We've just finished shooting 10 new episodes of season four of Space Invaders and it's actually been a great exercise and a wild ride. Um, it's interesting shooting um, post-COVID. Um, it's been a very different season. Mm. I think that um, it's it's very interesting um, how different this season has been and I think that the world has fundamentally changed mm. since COVID um, and I think I'm seeing a very different space. I'm seeing a few different things. I think there's a level of sadness in the Ooh, world. Yeah. Um, certainly in um, it's it's not a massive um, not a massive um, um, sampling, I'd mm. admit, but there's a level of sadness that I haven't seen before and I think coupled with social media, there's a level of disconnect that yeah. I haven't seen before. And although everyone is carrying a cell phone and everyone is connected, certainly through the internet, just because you're connected to the internet doesn't mean you're connected to other people. And one of the things that I find really disturbing is there's this level of disconnectedness mm. that I find among people that I'm seeing, among people that I'm dealing with, that I've dealt with both on the show in helping people deal with the clutter in their homes and through the clients that I'm speaking with. And I find it very disturbing um, in that many people, more people perhaps than ever before, it seems, are attempting to seek happiness, attempting to find fulfilment through stuff, yeah. through the acquisition of stuff. And there is this great push and a perpetuation of the myth that if you just buy the right stuff, if you just acquire, if you just um, buy the right things, if you just purchase the right things, you can acquire the life that you want. That happiness comes with stuff. And I see more and more that people's homes are littered with stuff and their lives are littered with kind of unfulfilled promises mm. that they had hoped that this stuff would bring them, this this lack of happiness yeah. that, that they think will come with the stuff. And, um, and it's been interesting shooting season four of Space Invaders that again and again um, people come with this often with kind of a sense of despair, with, yeah. with, with deep unhappiness and, and, and sadness um, that they have built up you know, homes and lives, often with beautiful stuff mm. and yet with with a sense of sadness, with a sense of loneliness or or emptiness that all of this stuff hasn't hasn't brought hasn't bought what they wanted. Exactly. And I think there was opportunity at the start of lockdowns and the start of kind of this isolating period in COVID, there was opportunity for us as a society to acknowledge we're lonely, we are not happy and actually push into that and discover why. But instead what I saw so many people do is go, oh, my goodness, I'm lonely. Oh, this doesn't feel right. I've got to do something about it and I can't go out and so I'm just going to buy. Yeah, I, I, 
that's that's absolutely part of it. But I think it's more than that. I think mm. that that in lockdown, people turned a lot to social media, and people looked at social media as as a way of reflecting what others lives what others lives were. Yeah, and <clears throat> and I think that that. While what we see on our devices is called social media, there's nothing social about it. That what it reflects is not reality. No, it's very performative. Yeah. And so we look at it and think that what we're seeing is what other people's lives are. And it's absolutely not what other people's lives no. are. And so we hold, we hold what we have up to that standard. Mm. And when we do that, we are constantly lacking. And yeah. that and that's what I see that that we think we are connected, but what we think we are connected to is actually an illusion. Yeah, and it actually disconnects us from the thing that we wish we were connected to. That's exactly it. And so I see I see that covid has come along at at a time that um, I, I'm not exactly sure how to explain this, but the the appearance of COVID has come at a time at, at at a rise of social media when COVID has created created kind of a a great opportunity for people to focus even more on social media, yeah. and social media has created um, kind of a uh, um, a more focused window into social media, and mm. that has exacerbated this this view that social media is what other people's lives yeah. are about and and suddenly people are feeling even more wanting or lacking and so that then perpetuates this this idea that i need to go out and buy stuff yeah and and it's just it just perpetuates this whole myth that more is better that if i if i buy the right stuff i can acquire the life that i want um, instead of seeking happiness through experiences, seeking yeah. happiness through a real personal connectedness rather than through this weird non-connectedness through a device. Yeah, um, yeah. You know. And that, that ironically, <clears throat> ironically as we're wanting to connect with people, we can we feel connected because we own the same stuff. We wear the same stuff. Yeah. We listen to the same music. We go for the same sports team. We live in the same city. We eat at the same restaurant. Yeah. But that doesn't connect us to the person no. at all. It just makes us part of a tribe, which is what we're wanting. And then I think there's the the relationship, like having good relationships releases good hormones in your body, like having a hug, having a cup of tea with a friend, all of that is good. And what I'm seeing is people go online and online purchase, getting that dopamine hit and not even opening the package when it arrives. Well, it's it's not only the former is not only good, but it's longer lasting. Yes, good point. Whereas the whereas the the buying of stuff, yep. it is good, but but short lived. Yeah. See, and that's the difference yes. that yep. that establishing a real relationship, establishing a real connectedness with a person, it is 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 longer lasting, if not life lasting. Mm-hmm. Because that's the nature of a real relationship yeah. with a person, and when things get tough, I mean, I think of a great personal example. I, you know, I've I've been going through a very difficult personal issue, and I have a very very that I found very difficult to talk to anyone about, for mm. example, and 
the night before last, I have a very, very close friend here in Melbourne and I phoned her and went out to dinner with her the night before last and I've known her for over 30 years Mm. and I went out to dinner with her and in speaking with her, that connectedness helped me deal with that personal issue in a way that, that no no way could I have dealt with that through some social media connectedness. No. And I think that, and, you know, it's interesting, and I could even show you, I sent her a note, you know, after getting home from dinner that it's, and I used the word enduring, that oh, I love that enduring friendship. Yeah. And it's funny that that's the exact word that I use. That is the word because that's intentional. Yeah. That is work. Yeah. And that is like a deep, it's satisfying, yeah. not just enjoyable. Yeah, and and I think that that's, that's what it comes back to and I think that's the difference, you know, and I, I think, you know, working, you know, you and I have just come from a coffee before mm. we started this, you know, talking about the role of professional organisers, you know, the role of, of our responsibility in society and I think that's in a real state of flux at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm deliberately kind of creating a segue here for us. But um, but I think that it's, you know, it's an issue about, you know, what is our role, um, you know, via the stuff, yeah. you know. And, you know, I'm very confused about that myself at the moment because having come through, you know, spending 15 weeks, you know, shooting um, and being so close to people in, in and, you know, each week it's a different couple, a different family, each with different issues, whether mm. it's around, you know, divorce or separation or abuse or trauma or loss or grief, you know, they're all the issues that underlie, yeah. you know, in my experience, people's difficulties with their stuff, um, that coming away from that, it's never, as we said, you know, as we said, having a coffee, it's never about the stuff. Um, but you know, how do we deal with those issues mm. in a broader community sense um, when people's natural reaction is to go for the quick fix, yeah. to go for the purchase, when time and again we see that, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years now and the frustration for me is that nothing has changed no. in that regard. No, except that we've made it much easier to have those needs filled quickly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when I first became an adult, I remember thinking, okay, what I'm going to do if I'm going to spend over a certain dollar amount, I'll sit on it for a week. Mm-hmm. Now you don't even have to sit on it for a minute. No. You know, it, it's there, it's easily accessible and we make it easy, which is actually like robbing people. Like it it, oh, it mm-hmm. <laughs> gets on my goat because... It's like trying to satisfy hunger by taping bread to yourself. Like it's not going to work. Well, you know, I, you know, I had a situation, you know, just in the last 10 weeks where I had a parent say, you know, I, whenever I go out and I take my child with me, my young child with me, I buy them something. And when I asked why, the parents said, well, I feel this is the best way to buy, to give my child happiness. Mm. Like that. And yeah, if you just stop so and, and the child is six, you know, yeah. I buy them something every time we go out because that's the best way to to buy. And the, the exact words were to buy them happiness. Wow. And, uh, and I think the hard thing is part of that sentiment is true. In the moment that you buy the kid the thing they want, they will smile 
they will be affectionate, they will, you know, show signs of happiness. But when they come home and they're overwhelmed and they're overstimulated and there's no adult there to, you know, talk to them and engage with them, you're not buying long-term happiness. No, but but it's worse than that. It, it's worse than that because what you're doing is you are effectively creating a spoiled, entitled, rude, obnoxious child yeah. who will grow up to be an entitled, rude, obnoxious, privileged teenager who when they get to that stage, you're going to say, how did this person become like this? And it's because you created this yeah. person. Well, you're going to blame it on society when actually <clears throat> the responsibility is parents. I mean, people often say to me, you've got very unique children. <clears throat> so my kids are very non-consumeristic. They mm-hmm. don't want presents. They don't want Christmas mm-hmm. presents. They're just not into it. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, that's just how they are. And I'm like, actually, there is a real intentionality in our family mm-hmm. that we don't just buy stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed over the last couple of years is as we've really cut back on purchasing, buying, consuming, mm-hmm. we are entertaining more. Mm-hmm. We're connecting more. We're, you know, just doing things. We're volunteering more. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff is so much better for my family mm-hmm. than me just going and mm-hmm. buying the latest sports, whatever, yeah. that that they otherwise would we could afford, mm-hmm. they would use, but is not actually satisfying mm-hmm. them. But but it comes back. It comes back to me. For me, it comes back again and again. Watching, you know, watching homes coming into homes. I mm. mean, you know, I stood back um, when we were bringing stuff out of one home. We decluttered a garage and a spare bedroom in one home, and out of that home, we took and it was the record for this past season. We took five hundred and twenty-six moving boxes worth of stuff. Yeah, not shoe boxes, people. No, those those <laughs> mid-sized moving oh, bo- yeah. packing boxes. Five. No wonder they were overwhelmed. Five hundred and twenty-six out of a garage and a Two spare rooms. bedroom. Two rooms. Yeah. Um, and you look at that, and it's no surprise that when we talk about. Over, feeling overwhelmed with clutter, we use words like I felt like I was drowning, mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe, I felt yeah. buried. I mean, they're Crippled the words and, that we yeah. use because that's we know instinctively that that's what too much stuff does to us. Yeah. I mean, they're the words that spring unbidden from us because that's what we know that stuff does to us. But and- I bet when you're finished... You've taken a weight off my shoulders. I feel lighter. I feel free. I feel like I'm floating. Mm. But but it's even more than that, that every single time, every single time that we declutter a space where there are children involved, when kids come back into those spaces, the children dance. Dance. <laughs> I've heard you say this once and uh, well, I've been watching it. It happens and, and every time. Well, and it's funny. I've got my cell phone here in front of me. And even as recently as last week, I'll just quickly see if I can find this oh, email. This email that someone sent to me. Um, where is it here? Um, oh, as recently as last week, I got th- I, seriously, and I didn't plan this. I got this. Hi, Peter. I'm from Canada. I enjoy your books and podcasts. I wanted to share this. We recently decluttered our office, which over the years became more of a clutter storage room. Our older kid wanted a space to work out. This evening, when he saw the cleared-out room, he danced around the room. 
I think it's the first time he's danced since he was a toddler. He's now 15. Like. The best. Now, I like completely unbidden. And that's. That's what freedom looks like. um, And I, I think that, you know, it's so interesting that that spontaneity in mm. kids they know that an uncluttered um you know organized open space gives rise to so many um um so many um um i'm sorry words are i'm i'm miss i can't find the words so many things that you can't describe yes. like motivation creativity creativity inspiration all those things yep, yep. that you can't do in a cluttered Yep. Disorganized space, and you don't realize that you're not doing them. Yeah, often we'll have people say, oh, "I'm really into craft." I'm like, "Great, where do you do craft?" Oh, oh well, I haven't for a couple of years because I don't have a spot. All right, yeah. But as soon as you've cleared it, they'll send you a text message. Mm. Look what I just created. But it's but it's true also of love, yeah, and connectedness and intimacy. Yeah. It's it's all those uh, you know ethereal uh, ethereal things that 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 exist, but but stuff gets in the way of. Mm. Um, and so you have to open the space to let real human emotion um, flow into it. And I think that that for me, and I don't know how to do this, but we also mentioned this over coffee, that it's not so much anymore I think about clearing stuff from spaces, but it's about somehow stopping the stuff coming into spaces yeah. in the first place, which is about... Reverse consumerism. Correct. And I think it's once, like I say to people, getting us into declutter, having a professional organiser, brilliant. Like it's well worth your money, you'll have great outcomes. But if you can't stop the flow, you're going to end up back here. You can be as organised as anyone. You can be as organised as Peter and Amy combined. But if you've got too much stuff, you're, you're going to drown again. How do we, like if, there, if you got to do a TED Talk and the title was Consumerism, what are you wanting to, like, express and educate people around consumerism? Because it is huge. Well, but it, it goes back to, and I mean, it goes back to the 1800s, I think. Someone, and I can't remember who said it, but, you know, the most famous line is you should only have things in your home that you know to be useful and beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I'm not suggesting you should live as a monk or that, you know, you should be a minimalist. You know, mm. I'm, I'm not a subscriber to either of those lifestyles, but... If the things you have in your home don't help you to create the life that you want, then why are they in your home? Yeah. I think a lot of that is around this imagined future, isn't it? Yeah. I want to be someone who hosts events, so of course I need 15 pleasures. Well, all of this aspirational bullshit. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's part of the problem and, you know, and that comes back to advertising and mm-hmm. marketing. You know, it exists to help you create an imaginary life. And we all very easily get sucked into that. You know, I yeah. call that the product and the promise. That's my, that's, yeah, you, know, that's you know, you buy the product, but you invest in the promise. Which is why it's harder to get rid of it, isn't it? Of course. Because it's know, not just about that piece of plastic that you bought. No, you it's know, you, about you, the you, ex- you buy the exercise machine, the yeah. product, but you invest in the promise that if it's in your house, Somehow you you'll be fit. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. For, it looks great for hanging clothes. Correct. On. You know, you you know, you invest in you know in the in the fifteen piece you know um, dinner service. Yeah. But you're really investing in the promise that somehow you'll have great dinner parties. Mm. 
and that's what I see. You know, I come back to what I said before. You know, homes are full of all of these products, yeah. but lives are littered with all of these unfulfilled promises. Mm. So, and it's the nexus between the product, the purchase of the product. Yeah and the unfulfilled promise that somehow has to be broken. But that's the power of marketing and advertising. That's yeah. why that's why tables in McDonald's are painted yellow because yellow enhances appetites. Yeah. You know, that's why floors in – that's why the floor in a lot of um, department stores have a rippled surface because the rippled oh. surface makes you stop, you know. Really? Yes. It, I mean it's – it oh. makes you stop in that spot when you hit the rippled surface because that's where the best sales yeah. are. Yeah, interesting. I hadn't I mean, thought of that. Oh, that's exa- I mean, it's yeah. all it's it's all done. It's all done to stop you make uh, stop you um, you know stop literally and yeah. look at what's for sale. We used to play a game with my kids, and I can't remember if I've told you this before, when they were probably three and four years old and we were driving along in the car and I would say, all right, we're going to test out marketing. And I would say, I want you to tell me if it's true or false. A happy meal makes you happy. And they'd scream out from the back, false. Mm. I'm like, why is that false? It's a happy meal. Of course it makes mm. you happy. And then we'd kind of go through different slogans and be like, is, is that what is promising? Mm. And I think we stop questioning that. As we get older, maybe we're just so used to it. Mm-hmm. But actually taking a step back and being a conscious consumer and being intentional, I mean, I don't know the magic pill to help us get there. There is none. Come on. There, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, there just isn't. No. I mean, you know, it's about mindfulness. It's about, you know, it's about, consider, it's about consider, being considered, you know, all those things. I mean... I don't know. Mm. You know, I, I really don't. I don't know that there's an answer to any of this. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's naive to just say, you know, it's naive on your part or my part to say, you know, there's a simple solution. If there here. was, you and I would be screaming it from the rooftops <laughs> and, and I, not actually working. With, like we work with people on their mindsets and their relationships and their emotional clutter and, mm. and their physical clutter. If yeah. there was a magic bullet, we, we, I promise people we're not holding it back from you. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it to ourselves, feet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, look, I, you know, I don't know it. it um, I really don't. I don't know what the answer to this is. You know, for me, a lot of it is just exposure. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's so much exposure to seeing what so much stuff does to so many people's yeah. lives. Um, and for me, you know, I'll be I'll be absolutely blunt. I find that kind of soul destroying. Yeah. You know, it really. Um, you know, after 20 years, I, I find personally I have to step back from it. Yes, because you've seen it so much. And, yeah. 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 And I've seen, you know, the destructive nature of of the, 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 the pursuit of stuff in lieu of happiness, you know. What do you think if you look over that 20 years and you've got, I imagine you can think of people that you've worked with who have broken that hold of consumerism and have gone on to live really fulfilled, happy, connected lives and then there'll be other people whose homes or lives have gone completely back or further back. I, I don't think it's that black and white. I, I, Do you think I, there's I, a I difference though in, this, in the, um, the scope of that? I, I think you've got to be really careful not to sell it mm. as that. Yeah, okay. As, I think you've got to be really careful, Amy, not to sell it as, as that... Um, as that much of a fairy tale 
As, as in sometimes you can keep the perfect life and yeah, sometimes it's... No one has the perfect no, life. No, gosh, no. Okay, no, and yeah. I don't think you can say, you know, those people who who, you know, get rid of it all and go on to live a perfectly... Yes, that, yeah, that's uh, very okay, fair. Yeah, okay. yeah, good. That doesn't happen. No, yep. no you're right. That's none of us. Yeah. You know, that's no one. Oh, my goodness, isn't Peter just a wealth of wisdom and insight and so much experience that he brings to the professional organising conversation? As you would know, that was just the first half of my conversation with Peter. So make sure you come back next week to listen to part two. He's got so much gold to share in part two that you're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you're subscribed in whatever podcast player that you are listening in now and it will pop up in your feed next week. Until then, enjoy the freedom. I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people who are the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is recorded on. I would also like to pay respects to their elders, both past and present of the Kulin Nation, and extend that respect to other Indigenous Australians. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to rate and review the show on your podcast app. That will help others to find the Art of Decluttering podcast as well. If you'd like any more information, you can visit theartofdecluttering.com.au and I would love to see you in my Facebook group. Just search The Art of Decluttering Community on Facebook and join today. I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.